He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Just before we kick into things today, we want to acknowledge the changes your show has undergone this year. So today, we want you to know how grateful we are for each of you who choose to make us part of your lives, our loyal viewing whānau. That was Jenny May Clarkson, the co-host of TVNZ's Breakfast Show, kicking off the programme last Monday, rather awkwardly and confusingly for anyone who didn't know about what she called the changes at their show. Now, for those who did know, that was a reference to the sudden and startling resignation of their co-host, Kamal Santamaria, last weekend. Initially, he quit because of what TVNZ called a family emergency, though sympathy and concern evaporated when allegations of unspecified inappropriate conduct were reported first by staff and then by everybody else. Kamal Santamaria had replaced John Campbell on the show just one month earlier after a long stint at Al Jazeera. He was hired for the breakfast job by TVNZ's head of news, Paul Urisic, himself a former editor at the Qatar-based news channel, where he was, for a time, Kamal Santamaria's colleague. That same Monday morning, Today FM's Tova O'Brien spoke to a woman who also worked for Al Jazeera in Doha and who told her that Santamaria's inappropriate behaviour was no secret there. Allegations were made over a series of years about Kamal. It was reported to HR and senior management on numerous occasions. As far as I understand, and having spoken to some former colleagues today, only one person ever brought up this issue with Kamal, despite numerous complaints being made. There are a lot of women who are subject to these complaints, who are subject to this harassment, who are thinking about whether or not they're going to talk at the moment. Stuff also quoted an unnamed Al Jazeera source as saying that Santa Maria was given a formal warning there, and all that put the spotlight on TVNZ's news chief and the higher-ups there. But back on the breakfast show last Monday, Santa Maria's remaining colleagues mentioned none of that. Thank you for watching, uh, for learning and for laughing with Alfano, the entire breakfast team. I just want to say also how proud I am to work with you incredible humans. You too, Jamie. Yeah, so thank you. And while they seemed more concerned that viewers of their show would probably be stressed by the events that they couldn't bring themselves to describe properly, they weren't the only ones at TVNZ dodging the issue, as we'll hear. Though the same can't be said of TVNZ's news staff, who hit the story head-on for One News on Saturday last weekend, highlighting their own boss's refusal to comment. With his family, it is worth noting that what was earlier called a family emergency is now being called that personal matter. And Kim, what else are TVNZ bosses saying? We have asked for more information, both from Television New Zealand's Head of News and Current Affairs and also its Corporate Affairs Department, both declining to add anything further at this stage other than TVNZ saying that Kamal Santamaria is focusing on his family. Watching on, newsroom co-editor Tim Murphy described that as virtuous but ultimately fruitless reporting, while others saw it as an act of internal revolt against the management's mishandling of the matter and possibly also against the circumstances of Kamal Santamaria's recruitment for the high-profile role in the first place. And the next night, One News led the bulletin with reporter Kim Baker-Wilson again pressing his own bosses for further comment about what they were now calling a personal matter. We were told that TVNZ won't be commenting further, apart from saying we do not comment publicly on the existence or substance of any individual's employment matters. Now, saying you can't comment because of ongoing employment matters is a standard HR playbook response that many media encounter these days when trying to report on a controversial or surprising high-profile exit. And, to their great credit, 
TVNZ's Melissa Stokes and Kim Baker-Wilson addressed the internal awkwardness of the story like this last Sunday. Today the newsroom has used a lawyer to be guided on our reporting of this. That is a lawyer outside of Television New Zealand where normally we would use our own in-house lawyers. Yesterday when I texted the head of news and current affairs asking if there was any comment from him, the reply was that he was treating that request as he would for any other outside news question and referring it to the communications team. So we are operating at arm's length here. TVNZ's long-serving general counsel Brett McAnulty is usually an ally and a champion of TVNZ's reporters' efforts to get at the truth and to get around any legal obstacles. But the most awkward position in all this is that of TVNZ's news chief Paul Urisich, at arm's length from his own team pressing for answers and joining his managers in refusing to comment before going on leave on Thursday. Now clearly this is a big deal at TVNZ News and obviously for those affected by the alleged misconduct of Kamal Santamaria. And if the Me Too movement has taught industries anything in recent times, it's that the harassment that goes unexposed and unconfronted ends up either excused or worse, embedded. But while this was big media news, was it really bulletin leading stuff for the rest of us? Well, RNZ's morning report put that question this week to the man who hired Kamal Santamaria as an 18-year-old, former TV3 News boss Mark Jennings. There's a high level of trust um, in the individuals doing these jobs. You know, you also want to know that the state broadcaster, uh, his processes when it comes to hiring people um, are carried out correctly. And the state ownership of TVNZ did indeed add a political dimension that drew in the shareholding ministers. Broadcasting Minister Chris Farfoy sought an assurance from TVNZ's board about the appointment of Kamal Santamaria. And when TVNZ Breakfast did get to grips with the story properly on Tuesday, presenter Jenny May Clarkson asked TVNZ's other shareholding minister, the Minister of Finance Grant Robertson, this. If it's found that the recruitment process wasn't right... What follow-up action do you expect the Minister to take or what's within his power to be able to follow up? Look, and that's exactly the example of the independence because it wouldn't be a matter for, uh, for the Minister. It would be a matter for the board and the management of TVNZ. Another arm's-length message there, after which the unsurprising response from TVNZ was reported on One News like this. TVNZ is launching an independent review of its recruitment policies after the sudden resignation of its new breakfast host, Kamal Santamaria. Nicole Bremner is across developments and joins us now live. Kia ora, Nicole. What else is TVNZ saying? But TVNZ still wasn't saying much else either to poor old Nicole Bremner of One News, reporting live there from out on the street outside her own newsroom. Yes, kia ora, Simon. Well, TVNZ's chief executive, Simon Power, declined our interview request, but this afternoon released a statement outlining the independent review. Now, in that email, chief executive Simon Power told TVNZ staff that if they needed to speak to him, he was available any time, though clearly not on the record, as Nicole Bremner and Kim Baker-Wilson had already discovered. Simon Power did apologise to staff on Thursday, but has still had no comment to make in public. And in the absence of that, those emails to staff were almost instantly leaked to other media by TVNZ staff, prompting TVNZ manager Andrew Fernie to email all staff to tell them he was frankly quite disgusted over the leaks. And that email in turn was promptly leaked to the Herald, which they published under the remarkable headline, TVNZ boss tells staff don't leak, leaked emails reveal how they responded. 
Hayden Donnell took a look at that part of this self-generating story and others in this week's Midweek Media Watch last Wednesday on The Lately Show with Brian Crump. If you missed it, it's in our podcast feed or you'll find it on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website. Now all this had echoes of another mishandled misconduct crisis that prompted TBNZ to cut loose another star presenter back in 2008. It was sportscaster Tony Veach who was convicted for seriously assaulting his partner. Now clearly this was a much more serious matter, but Veach had assured TVNZ's insufficiently curious executives at that time it was just a minor fracas, though the two-inch thick police file released to media under the Official Information Act had plenty more that ought to worry any employer. And when all this became public back then, it was Lisa Owen, then a TVNZ reporter, who was the one trying to get her own bosses to talk. Well, we made repeated requests for an interview with the head of uh, news at TVNZ, Anthony Flannery. No response from that department. I also submitted a list of written questions to the publicity department. Wrote no response there either. Instead, we were issued with this rather bland statement from CEO Rick Ellis a short time ago. In it, he says a significant review process is underway into the circumstances surrounding um, Tony Veach, including the disclosures he's made this afternoon. It also says that um, he considers that violence is a major issue in New Zealand. Beyond that, we haven't had any answers to the questions that we really wanted answered. That is, who knew about this, how much did they know, and when did they find out? TVNZ's chief executive at that time was Rick Ellis, who also cited employment matters and left it an awfully long time before speaking about it in public. And when he did, it was John Campbell, then of TV3, who had plenty of questions. Why would you pay out $150,000? Why would you use the TVNZ lawyer? Why would you do any of this on the basis of a minor fracas? Well, and why didn't your people try harder to find out what the minor fracas was? Well, John, at the time, uh, it just wasn't um, on the minds of the managers that the minor fracas was the issue here. And so they didn't. And back then, senior politicians were not so wary of commenting. The then Minister of Broadcasting, Trevor Mallard, criticised TVNZ for leaving other media to shed light on the handling of the matter. Uh, I've been finding out about things uh, more from the Dominion Post and TV3 than from TVNZ. And the Prime Minister of the day wasn't exactly staying at arm's length when she was asked for comment either. If senior managers thought it was OK... Uh, to have things confessed to them, which clearly were at variance with what any organisation would want linked with them, then there's a moral crisis here. Harsh words there to worry the top brass in a high-profile, public-facing, state-owned enterprise, let alone a broadcaster in the public eye. Well, this week, the Herald's media writer Damien Venuto said that stories about misconduct by older men in the media were becoming, in his words, annoyingly familiar. And among the commentators pointing out that rival media company MediaWorks reviewed its entire corporate culture last year when confronting claims of harassment and bullying was former New Zealand Herald editor-in-chief Gavin Ellis. In the end, MediaWorks' cultural review was limited in scope and so was the accountability, but in his weekly blog Gavin Ellis said it may now be time for the media to adopt a common code of workplace practice. If they need an incentive, he said, they might just consider the effect that episodes like this one have had on already low levels of public trust in the media. Now, while this is a story about reputations and ethics, it's also about ratings and entertainment. And in amongst all the articles about the Santa Maria scandal was one that the Herald headlined, Who Will Replace Him on the Breakfast Show Couch? And among the suggested candidates was a former host of the show, Paul Henry. 
Entertainment editor Jenny Mortimer said that Henry has the right stuff to draw attention away from scandal and pull an audience. Why wouldn't TVNZ open its checkbooks for him, she asked. Well, probably because the last reputation-wrecking scandal at breakfast was sparked by Paul Henry's conduct on that show. Sheila Dickshit. Sheila... <laughs> Anyway, and it's so appropriate because she's Indian. Accusations of racism for mocking an Indian government minister didn't deter Paul Henry from saying this on the air to Prime Minister John Key in 2010 about the Governor-General at that time, Sir Anand Sachinand. Because the, the current Governor-General, Sir Anand Sachinand, is, is finishes in the middle of is next year. Is he even a New Zealander? Uh, yes, he's a New Zealander. Are you going to choose a New Zealander who looks and sounds like a New Zealander this time? Now, Paul Henry apologised for that that day, but TVNZ made it worse with a statement saying that viewers loved him because Paul Henry says the things we quietly think but are too scared to say out loud. Well, people had plenty to say out loud about that after that, and Paul Henry quit the show. The breakfast presenter offered his resignation this afternoon. It follows a week when two separate incidents resulted in his suspension from duty and caused an international outcry. Now, coincidentally, Paul Henry popped up this week talking about that on Today FM's current affairs podcast, The Core, in an episode that was all about the scourge of cancel culture. You know, I mean, technically I resigned, but it was a negotiated departure and there were no alternatives. It's paper thin, the line between uh, resigning and being sacked. Um, but it looks better for everybody if, if someone resigns. Paul Henry, of course, wasn't cancelled. He moved on to the rival network for a show in which he noticeably dialed down his obnoxiousness from then on. Though on Today FM's podcast on cancel culture, he said he deplored people to do that as cowards. Now, Paul Henry told Today FM's podcast this week that the TVNZ CEO was deeply involved back in 2010 behind closed doors and getting him out the door quietly as possible. You know, they had to make a call. What do you do when you've got people baying for blood? Um, you choose the easy way out, which is what TVNZ did. And 12 years later, much now hinges on the review that TVNZ has ordered in the wake of the Kamal Santa Maria scandal and how TVNZ owns the outcome of that or doesn't. The drama has disrupted a decade's worth of relative stability at TVNZ under the former chief executive Kevin Kenrick at a time when it ought to be focusing on its transition to a new public media entity alongside RNZ. And while the new chief executive Simon Power has told TVNZ staff many lessons are being learned from this, at some point he's going to have to speak publicly about what those are.